Hi everyone, this is Kishore Chandra and we're here for chit chat. Every night we come on at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, myself and Jai Jagannath And we come on here to discuss spiritual topics, chit. We come to chat about the chit. <laughs> and so we'll get started in just a moment. Uh, just as always, I'm signing on first. And then we'll wait for our dear friend Jai Jagannath Prabhu to come. Welcome Lady of Grand. Welcome Pat. Welcome Sid. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Welcome everyone. We'll get started in just a moment. Just waiting for our, our dear Jai Jagannath to come. Hmm. Let's see, when will our friend, when will our dear Jai Jagannath come? <laughs> Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Ayush, Hare Paul. What's the shirt? Hello. The shirt is a, um, it's a yoga thing. It's a katona yoga thing. So it divides the body into a grid. Complicated but simple. <laughs> Welcome, Ada. Welcome, Jai Jagannath is here. Okay, let's, let's begin. Jai. So, Jai is coming. Hari Bol. Hari. How's those energy levels? So much better. Is it? Okay. Yeah, the sun finally came out today because it's been kind beach. of yeah, it's been kind of cloudy and cold. Okay. Because over here it's winter. Oh. Sure. Yeah, not, like not not in the way that we understand winter, but like the winter over here is like high seventy five <laughs> or like high <laughs> high high eighty, low sixty nine or something like that, you know. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's, 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 a it's cloudy a lot. So today was the first time in a while that the sun came out. And so I went to the beach and I was there for a while. And so the energy levels are quite nice, quite good. How about you? How's the energy? How was your uh, Julan Yatra yesterday? Yeah, cute. The deities are very cute here. And, um, they, I saw. the festival is very simple. So yeah, it was nice. It was uplifting. It's so nice doing bhakti in front of the deities. Yes. I know um, I made a comment. Well, I didn't make a comment. I shared a sort of agitating meme the other day on Facebook. Which one was it? The mask one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be super agitating, but I just shared it because I thought it was just funny. I didn't really care about the truth of it or not. Mm. Um, of course, as you know, due to my conspiratorial bending, I tend to be suspicious about a lot of this, the mandates being imposed upon the society. But in any case, I didn't really care about the truth of it as much. I just thought it was funny, but it really triggered a lot of persons. Mm. And um, oh, my God, I forgot what I was about to say. What were, what were you just mentioning? Come on, I'm at the beach. About the beach and the energy levels and um... 
I totally forgot how I was that's, connecting that. that. That's what I was saying. I was saying that I was at the beach and the energy levels and the winter. Yes, the deities. Thank you. The, de- the, de- the deities. Ah, <laughs> What's going on? This is what old age sounds like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, um, because of the, the, the meme was saying, you know, it was basically making a commentary against mask wearing, basically, in short. Yeah, and someone was saying like, if you can't stay home and do devotional service, then I guess our sadhus are screwed, or mm. something like that. Someone made a comment like that, um, suggesting that bhakti is as powerful d- done at home as bhakti done at the at the temple, mm. which is okay theoretically speaking, but factually speaking or experientially speaking, for the vast majority of individuals, devotional service done without the support of the deities means that it's likely your bhakti levels is going down and going down hard. That's just fact. And um, this would be something that would be interesting to explore. There's a whole chapter in the Jaiva Dharma, which is a book from Bhakti Thakur, breaking down all the sort of fundamentals of bhakti philosophy in a very sort of systematic way. It's a very pleasant book to read. Um, Even if you're a newbie, the first, it has three sections. Even if you're like very new to bhakti, the first two sections of Jaiva Dharma, super brilliant book. And the the, the way that the Jaiva Dharma is composed is a set of questions and answers between bhaktas and outsiders, those Mm. who are outside the bhakti community. So there's one chapter in the book where there's a bhakta having a conversation with a Muslim. And Islam doesn't look upon deity worship very favorably. So that whole chapter is about deity worship. It's a very mm. amazing insight that Bhakti Thakur gives there about the importance of deity worship and mm. the deity. And, um, and anyway, at one point he says that without the support of deity worship, we would all basically become atheists. Mm. And essentially, maybe not philosophically atheist, but psychologically or behaviorally speaking, more or less like, you know, atheist. Mm. And I haven't been in front of the deity since I left um, New York. I was in Florida and the Krishna house was there. They have a set of small, cute Gordon Thai deities, but they were very strict not to allow anyone into the temple. Mm. because you know of the fear surrounding the COVID situation so I basically didn't go um and then I came here to I'm in Parupa village in North Carolina they have these super cute Gordon Thai deities you saw the picture I saw yeah they're mad cute right they're super cute yeah like very charming deities and um I don't know just being before them like I go to the Govinda's prayers in the morning and I do Gaur Puja and we do Kirtan for the deities and I just felt an immediate uplift to my yeah. bhakti that um, was not there without the support of the deities. So, yeah, I'm feeling, I mean, I still got a lot of um, depression to get through, but <laughs> I'm just, uh, bhakti in front of the deities makes a big difference. And there's a reason why deity yeah. worship was one of the five most potent and important angas of bhakti yes. next to Bhagavatam chanting the holy name association with devotees and living in Adam. Deity yes. worship is like up there, the most potent practice. And I've just been feeling the, yeah, getting the practical experience of that. So I know a lot of people out there thinking that it's the bhakti is about what's in the heart 
That's okay. That's like when you. That's like what you tell the newbies who have a little bit hard time with the you know with God being Krishna. Like it's super weird that God could be a cowherd boy um, right. wearing these sorts of clothes with this sort of mood. That's a little bit strange. So it's easier to explain to people that bhakti is in the heart. That's something that's easier for people to like, kind of embrace and wrap their head around. But you know, bhakti essentially means a relationship between bhakta and bhagavan. Mm. So there can be no bhakti without bhakta, and there can be no bhakti without bhagavan, the ishta devata. Mm. And bhakti that is performed without the ishta dev. Now, if you're real advanced, then you don't need the personal presence of your ishta dev in order to manifest profound levels of bhakti. If you a neophyte like me, <laughs> you need a lot of support. Otherwise, that computer's gonna be your ish today. That <laughs> phone's gonna be your ish today. That boo over there is gonna be your ish today. It's not gonna be Krishna. So yeah, bhakti really means a relationship between bhakti and bhagavan, and just having the ish today before you, Gordon Tai. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a real uplift. So I'm feeling better about that. Anyway, sorry for the long. The long, <laughs> long check-in. No, I, um, <laughs> I, I really appreciate that because I, I haven't shared this with anybody yet. But um, before I came here to Ecuador, I went to Bhakti Center to, you know, get some, get some of my things. And I saw Radha Mulidhar for the first time in four months. Mm. And the, 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 like the moment that I walked into the temple, it was like an undeniable feel. Like my heart almost like skipped a beat. And I was just like, almost like stunned, like I couldn't move. I was just like, and it was almost like, it's kind of hard to explain because it was a very private moment with the deities and you know, there was a lot going on, but I almost felt exactly what you're talking about. Like, I felt like, like, wow, like they're really seeing me for all of the, you know, that has happened, <laughs> that has happened during the quarantine you know because when because you're right like when you don't have the deities when you don't have the temple when you don't have the community you're just like sitting there on the couch bed you're, i've talked about this on chit chat that in my brother's house where i was living in in new york before i came here to right, ecuador the couch bed the couch bed was a, a thing if you don't have the that support of sangha of community of the deities like of like having a reason to like you know dress up and look nice and like this you're just on the couch bed like hey, you know i mean that, that was my reality you know, like, right. I'm just, I'm just being very honest. And the, I had this moment with the deities when I saw Radha that I was just like, whoa, like, it was almost like it stunned me. It like clicked me back into, into reality, into the, into the reality that like Krishna is a person and I'm having a relationship right. with Krishna. Right. And I mean, I truly believe that, you know, cause a lot of people have asked me, are like, are you moving to South America? And I'm just like, no, I'm just, I'm just taking a break y'all. Okay. Yeah. Because I truly believe that right now I am running off of the Shakti of that one moment that I saw Radha Mulidhar. I, <laughs> I, I sat down and I chanted, I chanted, um, I chanted some Kirtan. I sang some Kirtan for the deities and I sat down with them like this, but I truly believe that I'm running on that Shakti right now and that it's gonna, it's gonna run out soon. And absolutely absolutely you know, like I, that's why after this i'm either going to go to i'm going to go back to the bigger city where i'll connect with the devotees and the iskon temple and by then things should be open uh to the public but yeah it's like i think it's the deities the the community the sangha and always what are you know we've always been spoken to in this way at least you know the that the the entire building 
you know, is property of the deity. And, you know, when you live in a place like that, whether it be a, a temple, an ashram, or like a bhakti center-esque type place, you know, I think sometimes we do take it for granted. Like I can say for myself, like I've definitely take it for, taken it for granted before. But there were many moments where I was just like, wow, like this is, you know, you really see people transform coming into those doors you know they like leave behind whatever is going on in their life yes. they come through the doors and it's really by the mercy of the deities you know it's really by the mercy of the deities and each deity has their specific bob and radam really yeah does specific story, has time. Their bob. Story, story time, time. Um, Let's go. so i used to see ghosts mm. <laughs> <laughs> for y'all out there who don't know ghosts <laughs> do exist i grew up experiencing ghosts my um whole childhood used to be quite frightening anyway when i got a little bit older um i kind of stopped seeing them which was great because <laughs> seeing ghosts <laughs> is not like an inspiring thing it's like a frightening thing but you kind of get a sense of subtle energies and some of that sometimes so when i first moved into the chicago temple um and i was sleeping there i had this really vivid experience where i felt like my subtle body being kind of dragged out of my gross physical body and dragged through the temple floors in the Chicago temple. So mm. our deity, our deity room was like, the temple room was like on the first level. And then we had two, we had like three levels above the temple room. And I was sleeping on the third level in the big ashram area. Anyway, so I was like, I thought I was dreaming, but the experience is more like having my subtle body like kind of i don't want to say ripped out but like being i felt like i was being pulled by some uh malevolent force through mm. the temple and it this malevolent force pulled my body in front of in into the temple room and all of a sudden the curtains in the temple room okay this is kind of personal i don't even know why i'm telling this like <laughs> i'm not crazy y'all i'm just sharing an experience you can take it or leave it but just since this spirit has come up about deity worship, I'm just sharing it. Mm. Um, this what felt like a malevolent force. It pulled me into the temple room, and all of a sudden, the curtains opened up. The deities mm. in Chicago are Kishore Kishori. Mm. And so the curtains kind of opened up, and it was just like this bright effulgence coming from the altar, where I could mm. still clearly see Kishore Kishori deities very vividly. But it was like a bright effulgence coming from the altar. And then suddenly this the floor opened up. Mm. And then this I kind of felt the malevolent force like being pulled into the, the floor. And mm. then the floor closed. And I kind of like stood up before the deities, the majesty of the deities. And then I offered my obeisances to the deities. And the curtains closed. And then suddenly I like woke up in my gross physical body. And was like, kind of like... I don't know, I was like freaked out and I didn't know how to process that. But I never forgot that experience because mm. I remember at the time the feeling that came up for me during that experience was that I'm Kishore Kishore's peoples. Y'all kept <laughs> messing with me like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and living in Chicago, because I lived in Chicago for a very long time. I mean, I grew up there, but I joined the, the movement there. And I was in the ashram there for 13 and a half years and so when people would see me they saw me as kishore kishore's bhakta like mm. oh yeah that's that jagannath he's that's kishore kishore you know and it was kind of it was so nice to be seen and to also have the identity that like i belong to this 
these these my these are my lordships. These these are my deities. And it's very interesting because I travel to a lot of different places. And oftentimes when I go to different places, people will either give me pictures or have pictures on their altar of Kishore Kishori. Mm. And it's it's always been even here in the house, the devotees have a picture of Kishore Kishori as their altar. Mm. And um yeah, it just feels strange and endearing also to feel that, you know, I belong to Kishore Kishore, I belong to their lordships and mm. That is also kind of this, if you read from the CC, that's just, Bhakti kind of begins there with this attitude that Krishna, I am yours. Yes. But, and the deities really, the deities are considered as an avatar that helped to establish that identity, that re relationship mm. of identity. Otherwise, it's not possible. And um, yeah, so anyway, it's just nice to have deities. Um, it is. And more than having deities, they really have you. Yeah. You know? And like that experience you're talking about, like of being held, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I remember it. Okay, sorry. Now all these deities start coming in my head. I won't no, come, come. I just, I was a Pujari for Kishore Kishore um, for a few years. I was, I'm a terrible Pujari. A Pujari <laughs> is like a priest who goes on the altar. I'm a ter, like, I'm a legit terrible Pujari. <laughs> Um, I don't follow the rules properly. I don't do much properly. I don't have the right ball. I'm a horrible pujari. But in Chicago, most of our pujaris were women. So, you know, women go in there monthly. So they need backups for their services just in case suddenly they go in there monthly. And because I was one of the only male pujaris, I was like backup for like a lot of devotees, <laughs> which was really annoying because I was so bad at Pujari service. Like, I was, you, I can't explain just, right now, but I'm terrible. I'm just laughing because I know, because I remember at Bhakti wow. Center, I remember at Bhakti Center, you telling me about when you had to go on the altar, and I would just be there listening, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. It's bad. Okay, so it's bad. Anyway, at one point, one of, the reason I bring this up is because I remember, um, there's like a very certain um, ritual that is done when we offer boga to the deities mm. certain mantras and rituals mudras are used and so on but at one point it became like it became like very tedious to me to go through all the different mudras all the different you know rituals that were purportedly required for offering boga to the deity and i remember at one point a Prabhupada disciple saying like i liked it better this is a Prabhupada disciple speaking i like it better in the old days where the rituals were like very minimum and it was more about like the mode of devotion and so on. So anyway, grabbing on to that as my justification, <laughs> I was when I would offer bow to the deities, I would like skip out the mudras, many of the mudras. <laughs> and it, it was like it wasn't good. Anyway, but I kept getting called on the altar because the matas just kept getting on their monthly like randomly. So I was always on the altar. And I remember talking to the deities one time. I was like, you know what? I think y'all like me. <laughs> <laughs> y'all like how I do it. That's why you keep calling me on the altar. Because if you didn't like how I was doing it, why are you having me on the altar like all the time? Like at one point I was going on the altar so much that I felt like I basically lived on the altar. So oh. I was like, I think y'all like how I do it. <laughs> That's why y'all want me up here, you know? And I, I, I just remember, you know, and I still feel that relationship with the deities. It's, um... Mm. Yeah, I have a lot of stories like this actually, but just, just sharing. I, I think it's. Just, uh... 
I think that this is a nice, you know, because sometimes in chit chat we get like intense and politics and fear and blah and what, you know, all of these things which are good. And I'm, I, I love right. that we have those topics, but this is a nice little break from all of that because I think that sometimes we forget perhaps the sweetness of bhakti and how yeah. personal it is and how loving it is. You know, I remember, I remember uh, when I first started uh, getting more serious about my devotional life there's a very dear godbrother God of us who was a brahmachari at the time. And it was so interesting because like, I, I specifically remember telling you about like his attitude with me. And he's like from Pune, which is one of the strictest, most intense ashrams like out there, Pune ashram. And uh, I remember specifically, you hadn't, you hadn't really known him that well. And I was telling you kind of about my relationship with him and you were almost kind of like, really like that's interesting because he was so loving and so accepting and you know y'all i was um, i'm just gonna be real honest i was i was very um it took me a while to crack the hard shell you know i was very like argumentative and just like what about this and this and that, whatever mm. but he really really um instilled in me uh that love of the deities and that deep connection with the deities and he got me into doing like backup pujari service and it was so interesting just today. I don't even know why I was like scrolling through my phone. And this was like three years ago. Like I was like looking at my phone and it was like one of my first times doing backup Pujari service. Mm. And he was like taking a video and just being like, Hare Krishna, like tell us what you're doing. I don't know why we were taking the video. And it was just so sweet. And I remember that, you know, that, that service of, of serving the deities is so beautiful because it's like, you know, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're fine and it's just like, let's go to Mangalarti, you know, like it's fine. Everything's fine. And then sometimes right. you wake up and it's like tamas. It's like ignorance. It's like all your chit is just like very heavy, very present for some odd reason or another. And it's just so purifying, you know, when you go in front of the deities and especially when you're serving the deities, it's like there's no hiding from them. And yes. it's not that there's no hiding from them. And like, like, I never felt like ashamed, like, oh, you know, you can see all my awful stuff. It just made it that much more personal, you know, like, wow, you can really see me. It was that same feeling when I went to go see Radha Mulidar before I came here. It was like, oh, it was like, I almost felt like, you know, like when they put the spotlight on the person, like trying to steal stuff, like, oh, hands up. Like, <laughs> Right. That's kind of how that's kind of how I felt when I saw Radha Mulidar. I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but it's like you know, you know, we're all we all do our sneaky stuff. You know, like we don't need to go into details. Whatever it is, our you know, our our flavor of sense enjoyment is that we are not able to give up for some reason or another. And when I saw Radha Mulidar, it was like, oh, hands up! I was like, oh, that's right, you can see me at all times. Right. And I think it's I think specifically with the deities, it's so beautiful because it's that physical reminder that you know you're never alone actually. And I think, I think I really liked what you said that it is very difficult to practice bhakti at a neophyte stage without deities, without sangha, without temple, because, you know, we do live in a world, societally speaking, that uh, individualism has been very, like, it's been championed, you know, it's just like, totally cool to be alone. And, right. and not, only, not only be alone, but that feeling of you only have a responsibility to yourself. You know, right, that feeling right. of just like, I'm on my own, I do what I want, whatever, no one's here, woo, like go crazy. 
And it's like, no, the deities are that constant reminder that Krishna's like in our heart, that Krishna's with us at all times. He sees what we're doing. He knows what we're up to. He knows our consciousness. And it's a little, you know, it can be a little, um, what's the word, intimidating or a little bit confrontational. But I think that deities always, the deities always give that sweet reminder that, you know, I mean, it is confrontational, but also there's that sweetness to it, that it's like they're with us at every step of the way and, yes. and we're not actually alone. Even if you're ignorant, I have another story here. I'm remembering a lot, actually. Um, but here's another one. When I first was coming around, and I don't think I had moved into the temple yet, but um, the Rath, it was the summertime because I met first started coming around the temple in April. Mm. And I moved into the temple maybe about seven months later in November. So in between was the summertime. And during the summer period, um, the Rathayatra happened. But I didn't have any money to go to the Rathayatra. The Rathayatra in New York was happening. I had no money to go to Rathayatra. So I went before the Jagannath Baladei Subhadra Deities in Chicago. Because we have mm. like a little cute Jagannath Baladei Subhadra Deities. And for those of you who are not familiar those are the, de the, the full black deity with the big old eyes and the red around. So they're like real cute. So I went to the deities. They don't look like, they're not like your typical forms of deities, like Radha and Krishna or Gordon and Tai, they're a little bit relatable because their form looks very human. But Jagannath mm -hmm. Bade Subhadra looks a little strange. So I remember going before the deities. I'm the new devotee, so I don't know that much. I went before <laughs> the deities and I was like, so I guess you're God? <laughs> Um, I don't know about that, but that's what the devotees are telling me. <laughs> and, you know, I really want to go to this Rathayatra festival. And the reason for wanting to go to the Rathayatra festival was because I had met a devotee who had really impacted me. I wanted to go meet that devotee who will be in New York. Mm. And at that time, I think he had mentioned to me that he was moving to India indefinitely. So I didn't know if I would be able to see him again. So I went before the deity was like, listen, I don't have any money. I heard you were God. Can you hook it up? That was literally how, that was, I kid you not, that was my prayer. Uh, I, I don't know what it, like, I didn't have the, I still, there was reverence in my heart, but the prayer was like a very, like, plain and honest word, <laughs> um, supplication. I'm like, I, I heard your God, it's a little strange, but I accept, um, <laughs> since all, you have all things under your control, I really want to go to this festival, can you hook it up? I kid you not, literally, maybe the next morning, if not that afternoon, I don't remember, it was either that afternoon or the next morning, this devotee comes up to me randomly that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. I just come into the terminal. I didn't really know him. He comes up to me and was like, hey, I'm going to New York in my car. Would you like to come to the Rathayatra Festival? And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, no, I'm looking for an extra person to come along with us. We're driving tonight. And like that, I went to the Rathayatra Yatra Festival. Everything was arranged. Wait, I was so shocked. I, went to the <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I guess you're real. And I, this, this next year, the same thing happened. I offered the same prayer. And literally, a, a very similar mystical exchange happened like that. Mm. So from the very outset, I was like, okay, this deities are for real. This is like a very... Yeah. Real thing, and um, yeah. Anyway, and having that sense of a relationship is very nourishing to bhakti. Yeah, I also remember, you know, I remember a time when I was. I I'll say this, and then I have a question for you. I remember a time when I was like going through a lot of 
Um, oh, did we lose you, Jai? Are you still there? I'm. Oh no. Uh oh. Story time has come to a pause. It froze. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, the it got laggy. I don't know why. All of a sudden. <laughs> he'll come back, everyone. He'll come back. I think sometimes this happens with the Instagram and the internets these days. Um, yeah, Indu like a David's like no. I think this is so sweet, right? Story time is good. Story time is good. We should do story time more often. I think I was seeing some comments there. Let us see. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little it's a little choppy, but it's it's good. Okay. I was going to I was going to say I remember a time when I was living in in the temple and um I was going through a lot of like purification of the heart and a lot, a lot of stuff was coming up for me. And I remember specifically, I think it was you. I'm pretty sure it was you. You told me like, just go like, this is what deity worship is for. You were like all of the stuff that's coming up into your heart. Like you need to go sit in front of the deity and like chant with the deity and literally plead with the deity to like, please remove this from my heart. And I think it just, you know, that, that like really, 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 really helped you know because i've been you know I, i'm not knocking therapy i think therapy is amazing and you know if you need it you should do it but i've been to a lot of therapists and you know there's something so mystical and this is the part of bhakti that i really love so much that there's that mystical aspect of it that you can't really describe it just kind of happens and so my relationship with the deities became so personal especially gorachandra actually so at bhakti center we have radha murlidhar and then we also have gorachandra because on the day that i asked guru maharaj for shelter which i honestly thought he was going to say no because i was coming to guru maharaj <laughs> with i was i was coming or i don't know i didn't think you I, I was super nervous because i i was like being very um forthright with kind of like myself yes. and my life and who I am and like uh, how I see myself in the future and what I need for the future. And I, I was like very kind of like forthright and like, look, Rumaraj, this is my situation. This is the, this is the, this is the bodily situation that I'm currently in, you know, and right. I'm pretty sure that in the future it's going to be a situation. But like right now I'm moving into ashram like this, whatever. And for so I was so nervous. And, you know, Grumaraj, of course, was so sweet and so, so, so loving. And he accepted, of course, like this. But that day was the day that that Gorachandra, Sri Gorachandra was installed. And Grumaraj himself installed those deities, that deity. And that deity has always landed a very special space in my heart because like I was really going through it that day and like that week leading up to it just like oh my god like all of this stuff I was feeling like lots of like shame and this and all of it and it's like the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu you know it was just like you could feel it I wanted to ask you because I know we've already you know gone it's 529 because Krishna Balaram and Vrindavan are like really powerful deities or at least I you know I think everyone feels that way 
And I have like, I don't know what my connection is to them, but I can't stop looking like everywhere in my, I always have a picture of Krishna Balaram with me. They're always on my phone. And ever since I went to Vrindavan for the first time and I saw those deities, I was like, I would just go stand in front of them for hours and chant Japa. And like those deities are something special. And I know you spent a lot of time in Vrindavan. So I kind of wanted to, since it's story time, I wanted to know if you have any, any stories about uh, your time in Vrindavan. I have a lot. Um, Pick one. But, <laughs> yeah, one of, I guess I'm sharing this one story. There's Krishna Balaram Radisham and Gordon Thai deities. Yeah. Indra Prabhu. I used to also serve Indra Prabhu's deities. So he has two Gordon Thai deities, Nitai Sachi Sutta. He has about yeah. 2,000 Shalagram Shila deities. Wow. And um, and about 11 Govardhan Shilas. Mm. So at one point, I was one of the main Pujaris serving his deities. And it took about four hours to do all the deity worship. Wow. So I would start, sometimes I would start deity worship as early as 8.30 in the morning. Wow. And, um, sorry, switch positions. I would start duty worship as early as 3.30 in the morning and just do it straight. So at one point, can y'all still hear me? I know it's really laggy. I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. It got, it got a lot better. Anyway. It got a lot better. Okay, so I, at one point, I was going through some darkness. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was rough. That's all I can say. <laughs> and um, I remember going to Nitai Sachi Sutta and the deities and just being like, God, I'm struggling so much. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. It was mental pain. Some attachment was being, you know, messed with and broken. So much disturbance. And I remember one, at one point after I would finish the deity worship, I would take all like this water this bucket of like water and throw it downstairs in the plants. I was throwing the, I was going downstairs. I threw the bucket of water. I was going back up to finish my seva. And I was like, I was suffering like anything, like mm. in my mind. And this devotee, I did not know who this devotee was. It was just like big, you know, maybe like a, he looked like, actually he looked like super fit. Mm. But he was like a brahmachari. As I was walking up the stairs, he just gave me this, Big embrace. Mm. Jai Shri the Prabhupada gave me this big embrace and said something to the effect like, it's going to be okay. Aww. Like a like random devotee, I did not know. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I didn't even know his name. I've seen him around, but I didn't know his name. I knew nothing about him. Mm. And he just gave me this big embrace and said, it's going to be okay. Mm. As soon as he did it, I was like, Nitai Sachi Sutta must have inspired you. Like, I was like, there was no other explanation. Is that like, I, I never had a conversation with this devotee. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know his name, nothing. Mm. And I was like, because after he embraced me like that and said, I was going to be okay, I had a complete about face in terms of my spirit. And I felt immediately like, yeah, it's going to be okay. And then the attack was being broken. So I just immediately kind of like came to terms with it and just moved on. Mm. And um, I was like, Nitai Sachi Sutta must have sent you. There is no other explanation for this. Um, mm. Anyway, that that's one. There's, there's so many. That's very sweet.
I guess the message is, yeah, the, the message is, um, yeah, bhakti means a relationship between bhakta and Bhagavan. Yes. So, one, it w it's nice to have a form of Bhagavan before you yes. to establish that connection. It's not, it's powerful. It's not a joke. Yes. I think that's definitely the message for today. And many people, many, many devotees and people were saying that they like story time and that we should do story time uh, more often. So maybe that could be something we do. It could be sweet. Take a break from the intense chit chat and just have a little story time. I like it. I feel the sweet vibes um, for today. Anyway, everyone, thank you all so much for being here and for being present for chit chat. Chit chat story time edition. Um, thank you, Indulaka Dev, Sanjivani Radha, PV Chat, Sid, Madhavapuri, Geneva, all the wonderful um, bhaktas and lovely souls. Michelle, I saw, was there as well. Thank you all for being here. Kavi, and so Pat, thank you so much, Pat. So we will see you tomorrow at six and we'll see where we go from there. Thank you so much, Jaya. Haribo, thank you. Hi, Krishna. Bye.